All right, war friends and followers, everybody else out there on the internet who's coming across this, welcome to uh, another edition of, uh, well, it's not another edition of anything. It's a, it's a unique show. I'm calling this, I just labeled this a super show because I'm sort of combining two shows together. And, uh, you know, more of a, if you follow me on Mondays, I've been doing the, the Monday Night Means, but I haven't done it so far this year. So I've, it's been a while since I've actually been on screen. I've been laying in the cut, producing a couple of things and doing some other stuff. But uh, yeah, just uh, had to had to get on today. A pretty, pretty good day, newsy day to get on uh, with some OGs here. Uh, War OGs, Demond Spruill and Joe Tanksley with me in this first uh, hour or so, more like 40 minutes probably but uh 40 45 minutes but uh after the the eight o'clock hour i'm gonna switch over with some of my guys from uh running with war show we get into some basketball stuff uh that we asked we haven't done running with war yet in 22 as well so sort of uh getting back to the flow of things finally uh after i don't know just like i say i've been doing stuff i just haven't been getting on screen you know you're a busy guy i haven't even been yeah. celebrating my what? Are you a busy guy? Yeah, I, I guess I'm busy. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I was, I would blame it on my birthday, but I ain't do much anything for my birthday. I ain't do as much as Demise did. But, well, happy belated, oh. happy, happy belated birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we both can say that. Now. <laughs> it's not Capricorn season anymore, but you know, nah, it's still January right. at least. Still January. Yeah. Still me and Cuzzo's uh, birthday month. Yeah, but yeah, uh, we said we still do it. It's still here, and uh, like I said, today a good newsy day. Uh, the Bears uh, hiring a GM, and uh, that's what we're gonna kick off with uh, the, our little discussion here. Of course, Joe's been doing uh, helping out with our football coverage, so I had to get his opinion on things. And D always has an opinion, never uh, an opinion on the Bears. And uh, nothing. I don't know. Let's just start it off, gentlemen. I mean. We we have a brother uh, charge in uh, of some capacity in in uh, Lake Forest at, at Hallis Hall. The, the white only turning black uh, apparently. <laughs> and uh, I got I got a sh- I got a shout out J- uh, I got a shout out Jr. Bang man. He he, he had the tweet of the day saying that uh you know we got a black quarterback and a black GM. If we get a black coach. You got to take McCaskey down to the fifty yard line or something, man. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. So we go to the fifty. I saw that. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we we like I said, man, we is start start turning to Chocolate City up there in, in, in yeah. Hallis Hall, man. But uh, this is a young guy, thirty six years old. He's younger than all of us. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but no, it will make you feel old right now. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, been in football for a while. He actually was a undrafted free agent for the Bears in 2008. That picture is circulated a, r- a lot today, and uh, you know, a full circle thing for him. That's the, you know, I, I tweeted it was an inspirational thing. You know, to, to go from an undrafted free agent uh, uh, to you know not winning it in the league like you want, and you wind up becoming you know 
raise going at her in the Kansas City organization, part of a lot of winning out there. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're drawn into to be a, a apparently a hot candidate here in this past month. Uh, you know, well, uh, Minnesota was after him. It, was, it looked like the Giants were interested in him, and of course, the Bears were. And the, the Bears wind up snatching them up. You know, George get the ride uh, from O'Hare on them and make sure that they they close was the deal the, today. The Honda Accord was it? The Honda Accord. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really, I really hope George McCaskey is not driving around in the Honda Accord. You know, at least get a Lincoln or something. You know what I mean? If you can't use it for Uber Black, man, you know, just it's, right, it's right. Not, you got to work. You got to do a little bit better than that. I heard, I heard some crazy story that he drives around in a Honda Accord or a Toyota Camry or something like that. But like anybody, <laughs> like anybody's gonna know uh, uh, McCaskey's like walking down the street. Nobody is gonna know him unless he, even if he right. have a shirt on saying like I'm the I'm the son of the well, owner. Of well, he, was, he, he nobody he, he knows was, who you are. He was he wearing that jacket through the, the airport. He got the Bears Letterman jacket. He got the Bears. How many? Varsity. How many? How many middle-aged white men do you see walking around with Letterman jackets on? What they, they favorite team? It happens all the time. I wouldn't know who you are. <laughs> hey, I, I work for the I'm a, I'm a part owner for the Bears. Hey, yeah. I'm a part right. of the Bears. Okay, all right. Right. Well, well, here's the thing uh, with, with Ryan Poles. Uh, you mentioned that he was an undrafted free agent. Um, and with the Chicago Bears back in 2008, didn't make the team ultimately, but ultimately, uh, uh, he ended up, you know, as a scouting intern and then working his way up the ladder. Uh, that shows you one thing he's committed to the sport of football. You know, how many guys do we see, you know, they, they, they don't make the team and they go off to into, into something else and do something else, but you know, he stuck it out. And, and he wanted to be around the game of football. And look at where he is now. Like you said, Kyle, this is an inspiration, uh, inspirational story. Um, somebody who 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 loves the game and wanted to be a part of the game and be around the game. And the team that he didn't make back in 2008, he's now in charge of. Um, it's real interesting because in the beginning of this process, you really didn't hear a lot about Ryan Poles. We heard about some other names uh, being uh, bandied about. Uh, uh, Joe Shane was one of them. Uh, Rick Smith was one. Um, Morocco Brown. Brown, some other people. Um, They were really, you know, they were kind of, you know, taking the forefront. And, you know, here in the the, the 11th hour, 12th hour, or whatever you want to say, the 23rd hour, uh, Ryan Poles emerges and he's the one with the job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little cameo for baby girl. That, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say, looking at Post, number one, like you said, he's a lot younger than us. It's, making, it's, it's something when you start to see people running organizations and they're younger than you, kind of like, damn, I'm getting old. But, um, <laughs> but it's, a, it's a good thing, man. It's a good thing to see uh, a guy who was, like you said, once. Uh, undrafted guy walk up uh, to get on the, to the team, but didn't make the team, but was undrafted. But now is coming back and be able to run an organization. Uh, that's good to that's good to see. Uh, also, too, man, it's coming from the win, a winning organization. I mean, the picture that I posted, yeah. I think a lot of people did him kissing the Lombardi Trophy. 
Man, that's something you want to see. And that's and he went to the Super Bowl twice. You know what I'm saying? They won one, they lost and, one. And, and more than that, D, like they like he's been he's been there 13 years. They've yeah. won six straight division titles when he when he's been there. That's the that's the type of longevity that Bears fans dream about. Exactly. And, exactly. And he was he was the head of college scouting the year that they got uh mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh Mahomes. And yeah, that's Mahomes, the guy, yeah. that's the guy who changed everything for their franchise, yeah. you know, in, in part because the Bears didn't do their due diligence and get him in that same draft. But even looking at the teams before Mahomes got there, they was contenders. I think it was Alex Smith. Was, was Alex Smith? Yeah, they, they, they were. They yeah. were. Yeah, Alex Smith yeah, and, and, and Alex there. Smith took him to the playoffs that that the playoffs. first year. So long. Exactly. Yeah. So he's coming. He's coming from a winning organization, and this is the only organization he's ever worked for. You know what I'm saying? So you know, mm -hmm. it's almost sort of like it's sort of mm -hmm. almost sort of like being a number one draft pick. You know, what I'm saying you're killing it at, at the top college, and then it's like, man, I got to go for the man, So. I got to go. I'm a, I'm a number one pick guy. Man, what happened? But you know what I'm saying? But it's a great opportunity, too, because he's so young. And if he is successful, man, this is a guy that we can see literally grow in front of our eyes and hopefully be in Hallis Hall for a very young time. I mean, for a very, yeah. for a very long time. But the biggest thing I will say, and I know uh, Joe kind of alluded to this uh, before, we before we went live, is the fact that he basically said, like, yo, I'm calling the shots. Right. I'm hiring the coach. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to you, Virginia. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for the opportunity. Shout out to you, Sweaty Teddy. Shout out to you, George. But I'm running the show. So hopefully that's all true. And he's able to pick the coach and the coaching staff. Well, the coach will be the coaching staff. But at least be able to pick a good head coach that he vibes with. And he hires. And that goes a long way. That's something that Ryan Pace didn't have the ability to do. Because they basically right. said you have to. You know, saying hire John Fox. Well, John Fox is going to be here. I'm not saying I'm not saying Ryan Brian Pace would have picked the right guy anyway because you know he didn't really do. But you don't you don't want to start years. that way. But you don't want to start right exactly, man. Right. You don't want, what, you don't want to. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, was, I was just saying like people was already looking at some comparisons between uh, you know Poles and Pace. You know, starting mm -hmm. with the first name, but you know, the organization. Oh no, he was in New Orleans. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, like two different, two key things with polls is like we said, he's uh, uh, for, uh, uh, apparently he's enforcing the fact that he's going to pick the coach and he's not going to be saddled with a coach coming in like he said, like like Pace was. Mm -hmm. And two, I think that like like you said, he was like Pace at the same organization at just one organization. He only has that experience with one organization, but in Kansas City. He, you, you had some of the brightest minds in the National Football League that he yeah. worked under, including Scott Pioli, who helped build the the Patriots dynasty, and you know did more of the same in Kansas City. And um, so it's, I think, you know, this guy may be a little bit more versatile and more there may be more depth to him and his thinking than uh, we got with Pace. I well, hope so. I mean, yeah, definitely. We we, we hope so. I I think uh, to, it's going to be interested to see uh, if the the coaching list uh, candidates expand. Uh, the yeah. list of candidates expand. Yeah. If he'll want to interview a few more people, I know that he's uh, scheduled to interview. Uh, I won't say I know, but it's been reported. Um, 
by the Bears blog that he's going to be interviewing the, the, the three finalists that they've had already uh, by the end of tomorrow. So you, it'll be interesting to see um, if that list will explain, if he'll want to talk to a few let's, more guys. Let's, before let's, go over, let's go over those finalists as the, the parent finalists at the moment. You got Jim Caldwell, you got Dan Quinn, and you got uh, God, I keep forgetting I say the dude name, but the DC Eberflus from the defensive coordinator from Indianapolis. So those are the three names that are you know headlining this whole thing at the moment. But like Joe said, there may be a possibility that uh, Poles wants to bring in another person or two to interview. We don't know that yet. We'll see. That's going to be more. That's the next development. I hope it is. I hope it does. I hope it does because if, if it expands, then I know that he's actually throwing his weight around right in mm-hmm. the in, in house hall. I, I but, hope it's not just kind of like, okay, he's three guys, you have to pick for them. I hope it expands. Even if it's one or two other guys, whoever it could be. Man, throw out some throw out some Hail Marys. Hey, I know uh Sean Payton, you want to go to Amazon or Fox to do some sports, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, be a talking head. I just want to have yeah. a conversation with you. Hey, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, no, and, so I and, just want to have know, a conversation. You know, with you. You know what's been important? You. you know what be important about that D with Peyton? Peyton uh, reportedly, uh, you know, doesn't like, and this this is I'm getting this from uh, out the mouth of, uh, uh, of 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 our guys over here at, uh, at NBC Sports Chicago. Apparently, yeah, coach. Uh, you know, they he, he they he's Peyton has been reported saying that he doesn't like the way that the Bears have been run. So he, he may not want to work there. But if you, you get this young guy in there, respected guy, a new guy, maybe he can, you know, show Peyton that, uh, you know, things are changing. At least they could change under him. And, we got and, a brother running it now, Sean. We got it. <laughs> we here now, Sean. You know, yeah. what, you know what it is. You and you all, you what the brothers do. We come on up here to Chicago. Come back home. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you can say that. The, 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 only, thing about, the only thing about Sean Pay- uh, Payton that I would have some, you know, apprehension too is, is that with acquiring him, would that require draft compensation to New Orleans? It would. It would. Yeah, and, it would. It's, the Bears are short on draft. The Bears are short on draft capital. They're short on right. draft capital, and you know, and for you know, Sean Payton, for as good as a coach he is, as he is, he is can't he go out there. Mm-hmm. He can't go out there and block nobody. No, he can't exactly. go out there and tackle nobody. He yeah, can't right. go out there and catch a ball. So, right. Right. I mean, you gotta gotta kind of weigh that as well. Um, okay. If there wasn't. If there wasn't any draft compensation, if the or if the Bears, you know, weren't, you know, in this position where they didn't have any picks that they could afford to give up, I'd be all for it. You know, it's Sean yeah. Payton, but yeah, yeah. you know, the fact that you know the, the one thing, the, the one of the major tools that you need to build a team, and and you know, the most economical way, you know, they don't have a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I totally sure. agree. That, and, and, and do you mention you mentioned Harbaugh too? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think a lot of what we a lot of what we've been hearing rumorized with with Harbaugh is that he may be more inclined to go to Vegas, and Vegas would definitely be more inclined to give him the money that he probably would want. I don't blame him, brother. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, blame him. You know, I mean, but but that doesn't stop you from making that, like you say, that hail mary throw. Nah, hey, listen, just make a call. 
Just talk to him. Like, hey, man, listen. It's like talking to a girl, a fine girl. Hey, listen, I know I'm not your lead. I know you got a guy already. I just want to say hi. Let you know I'm here. Let you feel my presence. Yeah. Well, like I, like I got the T-shirt on. And this is all by, this is not, this is very random. I just happened to have on a bear T-shirt today. But this is very random. But, you know, so just let them know, hey, I'm here for you. If anything happens, yeah. you know where I'm at. Just talk to him. Give, it, give it that Joe game. Yeah, <laughs> man. I think you need to show to the crowd. I got it. Well, well <laughs> the the the, the interesting when you talk about Hail Marys, D, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about uh, coaching candidates, it's interesting to see who Ryan Poles has ties to. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan Quinn mm-hmm. is a name that he's, you know, been mentioned being real close to. Brian Flores, they were teammates mm-hmm. at yeah. Boston College. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eber, so, he has ties with Eberflus too, apparently. Uh, exactly. He has a relationship with him. He's really oh, does he? Oh, I didn't hear yeah. that. So, I mean, it'd be interesting how that influences this process as well. Also, you got mm-hmm. Eric Bandamy, uh, KC, you know, oh, out, of, out yeah. of KC as well. So, I mean, you, you, it's, it's people out there that he has ties mm-hmm. to and has uh, close relationships with uh, that might be added to this mix again. Uh, so, that that'd be interesting to see. I, I also heard that uh, that uh, he's really close with Matt Ryan. The uh the quarterback at uh uh Atlanta. The, Atlanta? the Falcons apparently they're like best friends <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, yeah they so really, what, would, what would that be I mean oh Boston I mean, College that's true yeah, yeah Boston I mean, College yeah. I mean you know I don't know what it mean what it would mean but it'd be it'd was, be Red Rifle Part Two <laughs> well, well at least it shows play. that he. At least it shows that he has relationships throughout the throughout the league. I mean, listen, this is sure, a very small sure. world anyway. But as long as you have those relationships, and it seems as if everybody likes the guy. I but mean, do you know what that sounds team. like? That sounds like AK and Eversley. Those guys. Those good guys. Point, they were on. They were no. They were people that people like to know in the mm-hmm. NBA. They weren't these little trolls like. Gar packs was just off to the side. Everybody, you know, get up under the bridge. Come yeah. under that bridge, Gar. People only dealt with them when they wanted. People only dealt with them when they had to. It's like people like people they like AK and Eversley. Yeah, yeah. And you look at what AK and it seems like people like polls. You know, so exactly. And you see what AK and me been able to do. You know, saying Bulls have and the NBA is very. It took a while to kind of turn an organization around. They like literally, literally did it within like a season. That's amazing. And with football, mm-hmm. you could literally go the Bengals route. They was the laughing stock two seasons ago in Bulls oh, in the AFC Championship. So it's very doable here in Chicago. It just depends on who you hire. Now, I know a lot of people been saying like, okay, you know, Dan Quinn is a guy. He was, a, you know, he had the infamous meltdown with the Atlanta Falcons against the uh, Tom Brady and New England Patriots. Uh, but don't sleep on Jim Caldwell. If I'm not mistaken, he did take the coast to the Super Bowl, right? No, no, no. That was, was, was Dungy. Uh-huh. Yeah, Dungy coached the Colts to the Super Bowl. He Caldwell was an assistant. And Cal, he was Caldwell the assistant? Was, yeah, he was assistant then. Okay, all right. That's what I'm thinking. He, uh, but he 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 had a winning record with the Lions, and that's that may be the almost Lions. That's what it was. Okay, yeah, I that may be almost kind of yeah. Well, here's the thing okay. about Caldwell. He was the OC, the offensive coordinator for two Super Bowl champions. That's the Colts 
and the Baltimore Coach. Ravens. And it's okay. even more impressive. It's even more impressive with the Ravens because it was with Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bazooka, yeah. Bazooka Joe. I mean, Caldwell, the only thing I don't like with Caldwell is the age. I mean, if he was 10 years younger, I'd be all over ages. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, yeah, ages. man. He I mean, is 67 like, years old. Yeah, that's, that's old, true. man. To start a new gig. <laughs> I mean, but, but you look at football coaches because of, I mean, they, I mean yeah, they, yeah. they coach forever. Coaches, guys who coach, they coach forever. But I'm, my, my apologies, I I, I yeah. didn't think he took me to the Super Bowl. I know he was on two Super Bowl teams, or at least I know he was a part of the organization. But yeah, what I'm trying to say yeah. is, don't sleep, don't sleep on Jim Caldwell. I mean, he has a lot to offer, too. You know, Dan sure, Quinn is sure. a little bit younger. He was a head coach of the Falcons, but Jim Caldwell got a lot to offer, too. Well, and, and, you know, we we talked about it a little bit in our text chain. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and you know, uh, Ken, I got Ken Davis is big on, on Quinn, too, of the candidates mm-hmm. that are available. I'm, mm-hmm. We haven't talked about other candidates that he may like, but of the, the, the parent candidates that are available, he likes Quinn. And we talked about like, the, like a dream scenario would probably be Quinn as head coach and, you know, mastermind of the defense with Caldwell as your OC, you know, and, you know, I don't know, I don't know if he'd be willing to take that job at this point of his career, Caldwell. I'm saying, but you know but what? I that actually, would be a dream. That would be a dream scenario for me because you have two guys with experience who yes. take a team to Super Bowls, and you would have both sides of the the of the team, you know, pretty much handled and in, in the with a mature uh, coach. You know, I don't think that's that far fetched though, because as you just said. He's 67 years old. Do you think someone is going to come in and swoop up Jim Caldwell? Let's say he's here for yeah. I'm how much, how much more how much more flirtatious is he getting outside of the bed? I don't know that that and also too, how many people are going to come in and sweep up like man? We got to have Jim Caldwell as our, our head coach, and he's 70 years old. And when we, I mean, hopefully we all get to 70 years old. People still think that we are, you know, <laughs> got something to offer. But yeah, as long as I, I can know talk how, when I, I'm 70, baby. I'll hey, you know work. what I'm saying? You know, I'm, I mean, I might be trying to be going to the new new 50. I don't know. So, <laughs> but all the only thing I'm trying to say is how many people, how many teams are going to come in and kind of swoop them up? I don't think that dream is that unrealistic. Sure. I mean, he he was there today. Jim Caldwell was there today. If you want Dan Quinn to be the head coach and take care of the defense, you have Jim Caldwell to be the offense, offensive coordinator. I don't think that's too far fetched. I actually think, I, actually, I, I didn't think of that scenario, but I like that scenario. Hmm. What about what Joe? What do you think uh, of the guys, of the three guys who, <laughs> we're, who we're talking about primarily now? Eberflus, Quinn, and Caldwell. What, which one, if any, would you be down with having as the coach? I would say Dan Quinn because um, he's definitely a guy who's who has done it before. Uh, he's he's not as old <laughs> as Jim Caldwell. <laughs> But of, of the two candidates, Dan Quinn is the one. Uh, I, I think, you know, when you look at how the Bears roster is built right now, that defense is only a couple players away from being a top five defense again. Um, and they still have some talent. You still got Robert Quinn. You still got Khalil Mack. Um, and and so you, you got Jalen Johnson on the back end as as well, uh, who's who's emerging as as a as a premier corner. Uh, he's sure. not quite there yet, but he's emerging. Um, yeah. He showed a lot of promise. So you have you got Roquan Smith, 
Roquan Smith. Yeah, all, got, pro, yeah. all pro. So you all got pro. pieces on the defense that you can, you know, you can kind of work with and, and add a few little pieces, and you could be back in the top five defensive defensively. Uh it was because of that defense that the Bears were able to beat the Bengals this year. Uh, you know, yeah. and, 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 and win some games that they probably shouldn't have won because of that defense and because of that pass rush. So um, you know. Um, I, I I like Dan Quinn. Um, so you are you more are you more you are you more inclined to have a defensive guy leading the team now? Because that's what not, honestly you know, we had offensive guys the last couple. Of, honestly, know. no. Honestly, no. I'm not. But if I'm picking between those three candidates, Dan Quinn is the guy, and okay. the, and the reason you know. I tend to lean away from a defensive guy is because you need that continuity with the system and the language and the the issue with Dan Quinn. And I think that's what you kind of were talking about D is that if you bring in a a hot shot, young coordinator and he has success with Justin Fields, well, somebody else is going to want to swoop in and get some of that magic too. You know, these offense, you know, some, somebody's always willing to hire an offensive coordinator who's real quick, real quick, Mm -hmm. right away. You know, mm-hmm. would that be an issue with Jim Caldwell? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, 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 but here's the thing: obviously, he wants to be a head coach again, though. You know what I'm saying? Because he's interviewing with the Bears for a head coaching job. I don't know if he's been a candidate anywhere else, though. So, I, yeah, I haven't yeah. heard. Anything I haven't heard, yeah, I haven't heard. It. Yeah. So, I mean, that you know, that could that could be you know some of the thing. And honestly, you know, when you talk about the dynamic between having Quinn and Jim Caldwell, it was kind of the same thing when Nagy had Vic Fangio in the first year. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then you saw yeah. the success that Vic Fangio had yeah. with the defense. And then what happens? He's the coach for the Denver Broncos at 70-something years. I don't know if he was that old, but I'm just exaggerating. <laughs> but he was old. <laughs> but he was old. So I'm just saying, there's there's been precedent for this happening, you know, the other way around. Yeah, and unfortunately, and, and Denver's enough now. They they're one of the teams that's looking too because that didn't work with. with didn't work yet. Uh, Vic Fangio yeah. is sixty three. Yeah. Okay, sixty three. Uh, yeah, that's not yeah. So a few years ago, he was like he was like around. We mm-hmm. we had to be what sixty when they hired him, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. How long was he in Denver? Was he in Denver for three years? I guess so because that was nineteen. That was right right after mm-hmm. that eighteen season. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, it's def- that's definitely things you gotta think about because, and that's mm-hmm. like I said, that's the thing. Like, I, even with Caldwell is successful, like he may lose steam in like three years, you know, because because of his age, you know. I mean, and, well, that's well, that's when you kind of have somebody in the wings. I mean, this is yeah, this is when you this is when you're gonna see the hiring in the mind of Ryan Pope. Am I gonna have guys that be able to succeed? Damn near kind of like how um, Holmgren had up in Green Bay. Mm. We had all those guys working up under him. I think even when he was – Yeah, the assistants and stuff like that. This is where you start to see, you know what I'm saying, the the, the tree, you know what I'm saying. You know who had that too is Quinn. Quinn had – Quinn had that too. Shanahan under him. uh, Mm -hmm. Not McVay. What's the cut? He had he's had a couple coaches on the he had a great staff in Atlanta for a while. He did, and, he did, um, he did. And, and that's the thing. I mean, when you talk about Dan Quinn uh, being the best of that bunch, 
you know that he can build a staff, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and you you, you you feel confident that he can pick the right people to do the job. You know, you know, and that in that offense in Atlanta had a lot of success with Dan Quinn as the, as the coach. So listen, I mean, he should have a he should have a ring. Now you know I was I was I was watching somebody I can't remember who it was. Um, I mean, it might have been Coach Wanstead with Ken uh, Ken Davis. I got he had he had an emergency podcast for the hiring of Ryan Poles today. I think it was Dave Wanstead said that Why, you know, yeah. if it was, yeah, Wanstead said that uh, man he could have a ring on his finger if he had the experience back then to call up to whoever was an OC at the time. I think it was uh, who's the coach right now? Shanahan. 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 Like yo, stop them throws. Run the ball. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to fail to succeed. So now he has that experience. So, you know what I'm saying? Like you say, he's able to build a good coaching staff around him. And now, if he's able to, if he's ever able, if, he, if he's ever in those kind of scenarios, he can always go back to obviously that one of the biggest failures, you could say, like sports, you know, saying leading what? by like 20 some points and, and losing a Super Bowl. At least he's able to kind of go back to that. Well, wasn't was was Dan Quinn on that staff when uh, in Seattle? When they should have ran the ball and they threw it <laughs> and it got picked off. Was, was he it? the defensive was he the defensive coordinator then? Hmm, that up. I don't know if he was a defensive coordinator on that team. What uh Daryl Bevel was, was the offensive Daryl Bevel yeah, was, was, yeah, was, was the offensive coordinator. I think Dan Quinn was the uh the defensive coordinator, and I think that's when after that he got hired as the head coach for Atlanta. So I think he, he so. was Seattle's coordinator from thirteen to fourteen. Okay. So okay. So that I think that's that. I think they went in two thousand fifteen. They lost in the Super Bowl, right? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I just want to make sure. No, because the defensive coordinator was Chris Richards in two thousand fifteen. I have to look at yeah. I mean, I have to go back and look and see. But I mean, listen. Even with Dan Quinn that was right down there in Dallas. Mike McCarthy, I don't know what the hell is wrong with that guy. Because <laughs> yeah. he's, he's going to be out of a job real quick. Honestly, I'm surprised Jerry Jones didn't just tell Dan Quinn to just move on up. Move one seat over if you want. Yeah, yeah. Because Mike McCarthy, man, that, that dude, my goodness. Unless he, ho- unless he holding out for Peyton. You know, maybe. I mean, I guess so. I'm, I'm, listen, if Sean Peyton got that uh, – you got that gig, because I, I believe Amazon might be trying to go after him because Amazon is trying to build out a, a NFL broadcast team. Like Either that or Fox. Well, Fox. Because Amazon, Amazon may pick up. Uh, Amazon uh, is going to space. He going to space right now. What the hell Jerry Jones got off of me? Yeah. This man is going to space right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting that space money. I'm on the next <laughs> rocket, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, um, well, I, I mean, I'm, surpri- Amazon, I'm surprised Amazon. he didn't move on up. Yeah, see, Amazon may be in play for uh, uh for for God, what's Sean that? Payton? Now nah, Sean Payton or or uh, Trey you know, uh, hmm? Eggman? Trey Eggman, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of stuff going out there, in media and it is in it football, is. It is. you it know. Is. But, but uh, you know, say like, I, yeah, I I, I, I wouldn't be before. mad at Dan Quinn. No, I will say I wouldn't be mad at Dan Quinn. You know, it's better than what we had the past. Yeah, I think I mean it's it stands trash ass. <laughs> we, we, we can't help but upgrade at the moment. And hey man, uh, listen, I want to know, I want to let everybody know right here on this super show, this war media super show at war media. Definitely. I want to let y'all know years ago, 
<laughs> on 670 to score. He always going to be – this go. This is his claim to fame. I'm going to be saying this because yeah. of – I'm going to be saying this when we're 80 years old, sitting, sitting in somebody's backyard talking to our great-grandkids. I was on the radio in Chicago, and I said two years into Matt Nagy. You need to get rid of that guy. Oh, no, D. Oh, no, you got to give us the time. They went eight and eight. They went to the Super Bowl. They did. Dude's trash. And now we probably got to wait another year to see what happens because we have to deal with that. I'm going to stop. See, see, <laughs> see, see, see called the shot like Babe Ruth on that one. You damn right I did. <laughs> you damn right I did. And I told Ken he should have said my name when he called me out on the podcast. I'm saying that too. You should have said my co-host Demar Spruill said you was trash on six seven score. D, what you got to say about that? Yeah, D is a D is a when he's a contrarian, he he gets it right. He, <laughs> <laughs> Skip Bayless ain't got nothing on you. Ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, let's you know, actually, that, that's that's pretty much it with the Bears for the moment, man. Yeah. But uh, you know, why, since I got y'all here, uh, you know, let, let's look at the teams that are winning for at a for, right quick and yes, you know, coming out of that great weekend, that divisional weekend, you know, what what are y'all mm-hmm. thoughts on these uh these games coming up, uh the these NFC and AFC championship games? You got uh. Cincinnati going to KC and uh the the Rams hosting they they may be able to host two games in a row they are hosting the 49ers in the NFC championship yeah. game before the Super Bowl happens this so far so uh yeah. you know what you know the, the it it'd be interesting that's the interesting matchup San Francisco and the Rams the the, the division rivals um I think San Francisco beat them both times in the regular season. Both times they mm-hmm. played. They beat them like so, six times in a row. Right. Really? So it's been, it's been it, that long. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So wow. it, it'd be interesting to see if this team can get over the boogeyman. That's the same boogeyman that the Green Bay Packers had in the playoffs. Sure San Francisco is. 49ers. Um, yeah. And so you know, for how you know good that the Rams looked at the beginning of that game. Uh, against Tampa Bay, there was a lot to, to be concerned about in the second half of the game and almost giving it up. Um, and, you know, um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, San Francisco 49ers went up went up to, 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 to the frozen tundra, and yeah, after Packers, and, and, and stole one from them. Stole <laughs> one from them. They stole one from them. And it, 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 listen, Sometimes the greatest, bear, the greatest Bears fan quote came from Garoppolo. Right, exactly. <laughs> sure you did. Know, and, and then you had George Kittle in the press conference. George Kittle too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Not> Bears. <laughs> right. So yeah. you know that made me but, that made me feel good as a Bears I mean, that's, fan. That's that's a question right there, man. If you're a Bears fan, can we root for anyone but but the 49ers going forward? You, you know, know what? what they gave that's us kind that's kind of where I'm leaning to. That's kind of what I'm leaning really? towards. You know what? They they did us a solid. You know, what I'm saying they they you know they they did us a solid and took care of, took care of Green Bay for us. Um, yeah, Although they they apparently they did America a solid there because all <laughs> right. Listen, everybody, hey, that's like, everybody, yes, everybody, everybody in um, in America the United States of America was a Chicago fan that day the way they drug 
Aaron Rodgers <laughs> on social media. I know I had a I know I had a D, what's, what's your there? favorite? What's your favorite Rogers nickname? Ooh, my favorite Rogers nickname. Uh, I know I had one, but I hope it's retired. That's another thing I predicted too. I said Candace throwing. Candace throwing. Candace throwing. Throw Rogan. Throw Rogan is throw pretty good. Ro- I, yeah, I think I, I like throw Rogan. Throw like Rogan is throw Rogan is is really good. It's really good. The re, the researcher. You don't have a lot of time to do research on your hands. Now. Uh, yeah. Don't be a bum. Uh, well, look you like, know what? like some Russian yeah. is trying to hack us. We talking about uh, we, what? We, we talk. <laughs> we got yeah. some Russian yeah. hackers. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, listen, I don't know what that means. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, what I don't know what that means. But yeah, Nipah, Metabek, whatever. But I don't see that. I don't see it. But yeah, yeah it is because. Uh, Oh, yeah. oh Lord! Get, out of, get that, out of here, you butt! We got yeah, the wrong subject out of there, man. <laughs> well, listen, listen. It might. Listen, we don't know what they're saying. It could be a compliment. It could be a nice. It could be Go Bears. 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 You know, saying just because Anybody we don't know what it translate means. Russian for us, please help us out with that. Yeah, just because we don't know what it means, you know, what I mean, uh, it doesn't mean it was something nasty. I didn't take that electorate <laughs> at SM. <laughs> You know what? I think these games coming up, man. Boy, number one, these games gonna have a lot to live live up to because last week, oh yeah, like the best oh, yeah. football I think I've seen in years. So, it was so every who, game. I don't remember, was great. I don't remember a, the division. The divisional rounds are usually dope, but well, I don't thing. remember one that where all four games were so. It's really something we forgetting. It's probably something we forgetting. Thrilling. Yeah, it was great. It was so thrilling. Um, they were they were great. How do y'all feel about the overtime rule? Like I, I was fine with I'm it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine. I'm with fine it. with it too. I'm, I mean, I have more. I have more against. I'm more against it than y'all, man. I just don't like. I, it's not. Uh, I understand where people are coming from from uh, angles. I just think that mm-hmm. if, if you're talking about a winner go home game, mm-hmm. I don't see the reason why you can't just in, in any other sport. You get this. You put up a certain amount of time in the overtime. Mm-hmm. Get let that time pass, then you have a sudden death, and you can't have a sudden death if you score one way and it continues the game and it score another way and it ends the game. So, people keep people trying to say it's sudden death now, it's not sudden death. If it was sudden death, then the field goal would end the game. So, I just, I just, and they I changed just think, that though, didn't they? Didn't they go from a field goal to a touchdown because the field goal keeps the game going, right? Yeah, they did update that, they did update that. Yeah, so I mean that, and that's the reason why too. I'm like everybody is so by the book now with the NFL. It's like, okay, so y'all want uh, y'all so quick to end these what? games. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're not really. It's not really deciding the game to me. It's it's more of an issue of chance and probability than it is of true competition when it comes to the way that it is now. Well, here's the thing. Here's where I I would see it. I would say that. Um, you, you, if they were to change it, and here's what I mean: I'm not fine. I'm, I'm fine with the way the game ended up, and I'm, I'm not one of these people that's this that feels like they need to change, absolutely change the the, the overtime rule. But like you mm-hmm. said, Kyle, I, I do think it would be beneficial, especially in the playoffs, if you you, you play another quarter, and at the end of the quarter, if the game is still tied, you go to sudden death. Any right. point you- wins. 
You let them compete more in the regular season games, and that and that leads to these god awful ties that we have, where people yeah. are always, people always are so uh, you know, nobody wants a tie in any in any of the NFL, yeah. but those like, happen like, because we allow them to play game. out those extra periods. You should have the overtime rules in the playoffs be for the regular season, and mm-hmm. have and another and vice versa. I would say this. I'm not mad at the rule. If there was a change, okay, whatever. But I still say, listen, you got to be able to stop. The defense got to be able yeah, to stop. Definitely. And look, and, and even, gotta be even, able to worse the, even worse than the overtime is what they did in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Buffalo yes. played itself out. But that was partly because they was worn the hell out. Trying to block that Kansas City team for 60 minutes. You can't expect them to this, play the yeah. same way at 3.30, at 6.30 mm-hmm. that they did at 3.30. They, they, I was – I will say this though. I truly believe this. I think if Buffalo would have won the toss, they would have won that game. Likely, yeah. That's like they, they, the it's the same thing. It was gonna, it was, and they knew it too. Who, whoever they had the ball, whoever had the ball was gonna, last, win. Was, gonna win, was gonna win. And each team knew it because it's like, damn, because as soon as KC won the flip, I forgot who was out there for him represented for the coin flip. I mean, he jumping up and down. It's like, of course we're gonna receive. They knew. <laughs> They, it was just it was just going on too much. But they scored like twenty five points in two minutes. My God, you know, between yeah, two teams, was, it was, was going to happen. About the game, man. Yeah. That fourth quarter was amazing. Like they, it, was amazing. it was, yeah. And, it was and, and like you know, uh, Allen has nothing to to be ashamed of. That offense, Gabriel nah. Davis, only first person that four receiving four touchdowns, right? Well. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo played their behinds off. Josh Allen, you know, he he took a step forward. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, you know, you got to play for 60 minutes. Got to play for 60 minutes. They had a whole 60 minutes. They had a whole 60 minutes. They did. They they needed to get another stop, and they couldn't do it. You know (laughs) what I think? You know what I think they're going to regret beyond the, the, the defense at the end of that game is them not getting home field. And I think Ooh, Buffalo. Yeah, I think next year they got to be a little bit more. They had a little dip in this season, and there, there really was no reason for that. They should have. They should have owned that East division and kept themselves up, you know, uh, through the playoffs where they could. No, I don't know how different that game would have been in Buffalo, but you would, you know, you you don't want to go to KC in January. Not it. Not while they got the team that they got right now. Listen, I'm mm-hmm. staying right here. I I I um I like Cincinnati the way they're playing, but I also think KC peaked at the right time, and mm-hmm. KC is just going. KC now. If, now I will say this: if, if Honey Badger isn't able to play because of concussion, if he is if, if he isn't able to play in the next game. I think Cincinnati yeah. got a real good chance of winning that game. Well, yeah, well, look look who's throwing the ball for them. Look how they look how they doing it. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, and, and, well, the thing about the, the Cincinnati game for me is even, even though they went into Tennessee and, and beat 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 them, you know, how many times did Joe Burrow get sacked? Yeah. You know. But you know, but you know what? But you know, you know they ain't got no offensive line, Joe. But here's yeah. the thing. They, yeah, they don't. You can't take they you don't. can't take those. I don't. You know, you're not gonna be able to take those sacks against Kansas City. No, you can't. You no, can't. No, you gotta you be can't. able. You gotta be able to put points up, and yeah. you know you can't have the drives killed by sacks. 
So yeah, yeah. that's the they only can't... thing. That's the only mm-hmm. thing. It's the same thing that Kansas City went through last year, and they had to come back and retool their offensive line as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. We'll make the Ryan Post. But I think uh, with KC, I think with KC, you, I mean, with Cincinnati, you can't put up 19 points and expect, expect to beat Kansas City. That's not right. No, not at all. Not at all. I, yeah, I already said I think Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl. Now, for San Francisco and, uh, and the Rams, I did predict, like, man, the Rams are playing good enough. They be able, we'll be able to have two years in a row the host team be able to host the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's so right. I think That'd it's a, a good trip. chance. Yeah. But man, San Francisco defense is that 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 Forty ers Packers game remind me of an old school Bears Packers game. Was kind of like the offense ain't doing nothing. It's straight defense. All the snow. Let's see what happens. And they, they gave up the score right at the beginning of that game. And it was looking like, man, they're going to get red. And they locked them locked down. Them, yeah. Locked them down. San Francisco defense is for real. I'm not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd rather have Matthew Stafford. For real. But San Francisco's defense, man, they on a whole other level right now. They on another yeah. level right now. And they know, they already know, we whoop your ass twice in the season. And <laughs> Matthew Stafford threw two picks, I think, in each game. So they know they got him. They know they 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 send their heads. So man, I if you if you had if you had to put a gun to my head right now, I think I'm gonna say probably 49 is gonna be the right. Yeah, so you, that's you, kind you of think it, you think it 49ers in, in KZ. I'm kind of feeling like the, I'm kind of feeling I'm feeling like the 49ers. Yo, save save yeah. your picks for tomorrow. We got you know we do it okay. tomorrow. I mean, I was just <laughs> I was really concerned. I was really concerned with the way. That the Rams start coughing up the ball at the end of that game against Tampa Bay, you know. Matthew Stafford was turning to Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford at the end, <laughs> it didn't look that good. I know Daniel Lawson running around with him. I know he, he praised the Lord for Cooper Cup though. At the, Ooh, wait, man, Cooper Cup was amazing. I mean, listen, I'm not saying the Rams don't have a shot. It's probably gonna be a really close game because the defense is so good. And I'm not, I'm not trying to. Yeah, I think they got more than I'm a shot. Yeah, yeah, I ain't trying to shit on the Rams defense either because they great too. That front, that front four is like a Hall of Fame front four. So they and they, got it. They, and Jimmy, they would beat down Brady for a lot of that game, and they did. And they all playing against Jimmy Garoppolo, but man, that San Francisco 49ers <laughs> defense, woo wee, it's something nasty, something nasty yeah, right now. And Jimmy G <laughs> just do what he needs to do. That's it. That's all you gotta do, you man. Have, uh... That's all you gotta do. You, who, who we got in the end? We got all these former Bears in the in the in the NFC Championship game. Now you got Robbie Gold, Leonard Floyd. You know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, forgot it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, fellas, I'm about to switch over with my running guys. I, I want to before I before we do that. I, I know you guys are both in the baseball heavy too. We got some baseball stuff that yeah. came across today at a couple levels. Um, yeah. Well, first, like, I, I, we're getting the Hall of Fame stuff in a second, but what, what have y'all heard about these these new guys that the Sox have picked up? Uh, are they, yeah, uh, they all look like they're about thirteen old. years old. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, all they, look very young. <laughs> they, I mean, hey, they locking down the Dominican and, and hey, you listen, know, the, I'm the all for it. You know, Cuba. You know, they doing their thing, man. But yes, uh, I'm all for it. Oscar Colas and uh, let me get the other name. Uh, uh, let me see. Looking at some of my, so some wait, of my 2000, guys. Two thousand twenty nine. We gonna be out there rooting for these young fellas. 
Hopefully, I mean, you know hey, this is probably a good way to keep the, the momentum going, even when oh, some of the guys they got now you know price themselves out of the uh, out of the out of the team budget, you know. But uh, hey, that's one thing I will say I love about the Chicago White Sox is they keep that farm system and an international talent, they keep that talent coming in like clockwork, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, we'll see, we'll see once they get to you know, what I'm saying once they get into the organization. Uh, once they get down and you know, saying single A, double A, triple A, and hopefully to the to the main roster, we'll see what they're doing. But hey, man, listen, I'm all for it. I have trust. I have trust in the white uh, white socks up uh, front office. I'm a season ticket holder. I bet I have trust in getting my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's it's no reason to feel bad. We just got to see if yeah. they can, you know, they if the if the league and the and the players association can get on. You know, yeah, it might not be. Yeah, it seems like there's some good news. It seems like there's yeah, been some advancement in the past couple of days. Yeah, it looks seems like they, you know, they 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 made some headway on service time and how much you know revenue the owners are going to want to share with the players. So it seems like those are the two biggest issues that uh that they made headway on, and it seems like everybody uh everything else will fall in fall into place after those two big issues. Uh, uh, I was having some internet issues. Uh, I heard you guys saying that the young guys that they have uh, for that they've signed for the, the for the White Sox, uh, Oscar Colas, uh, Cuban defector, um, you know, right Another now, Cuban. right coming out of playing in, in Dominican right now or living in the Dominican right now, but he's twenty three years old, and this is somebody that they were kind of saying like is another uh, another show. Hey. Otani type. Uh, yes. Supposedly he has plus stuff pitching, uh, but he's a very good right fielder. They say very good right fielder, very good left-handed bat. Uh, and so I'm, I'm more interested in him in the right field aspect because that's been a hole for the White Sox for, you know, for the last couple of seasons, they haven't really found a consistent person to man that corner of the right field. And uh, we still need a second base you know, second baseman. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I was really hoping they would, you know, be able to, to land Marcus Simeon or, you know. Or, uh, he got paid. Who, who signed him? The he Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers. They went on a spending spree before the lockout. Yeah. Right. They still gonna win, and they still going to win about 75 games. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, but I, I'm really interested to see uh, how, how, how the Bears, not the Bears, but the Sox are going to uh, – to, to, to handle those holes in the in their lineup. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They got they, they got to lock down second base, man. They got to lock down second base. They got to do Man, what you what did you do to agitate these Russians, Kyle? <laughs> they bad. Why can not I see this? I want to see the Russians. What? Well, it, it says this, not, we are not Tucker Carlson. We are not Tucker Carlson. What are y'all? Get out of here. <laughs> let me get let me get Drew on. Maybe they'll like Maybe they like us better with Drew on. Oh, they like Drew. Oh, we got we got a light skin one. Yeah, we, hey, man. Come on, all, 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 all that killer complex talk, man. I thought we were past that. <laughs> the, the, the Russians like, oh, we got a lighter one. All right. <laughs> now I like, like it. What up, Drew? We got Gabe. We got Gabe on it all too, man. Shout out to Gabe Wilkins. But before, before we transition to the basketball stuff, what, right quick the. Uh, the Hall of Fame made his votes. They mm -hmm. they put in speaking of dark skin, they, they put in David Ortiz. 
<laughs> they ain't put in nobody else dark skin who who they think is uh or or, or who they think is juiced to anything. No Sammy still, no that no Barry Bonds and not even Clemens. Roger uh, Clemens. And and definitely no uh yeah, definitely no uh our, no Mark Burley. He only got like eleven percent of the no, he got five for five point eight percent of the vote after eleven percent last year. Now this five point eight percent, that's just a just over the threshold to stay on the ballot, right? Yeah. I guess so. It, it don't look good either way. <laughs> it don't look good either way. But he ain't getting uh, into the Hall of Fame. I mean, no. And I love Burley. I love Burley too. I don't think he's if he was the in, Hall of Fame. if he was in New York or something, no, he'd have got in. He'd be he'd be closer at least. You think so? I think so. If he if he did what he did with the Sox for the Yankees, yeah, definitely. Or the Mets. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I you mean, got two perfect – I mean, not two perfect games, but two no-hitters. Uh, two no-hitters. One, one perfect World game. World Series. Yeah, World, World, World Series championship. championship. Yeah. You know. I mean, uh, look, look, I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm, I'll do a quick rant. I think the whole process is too clickish. They don't let enough oh, – yeah. they don't let enough of the diversity of people who cover the game of baseball. It's, it's getting more diverse by the year when we talk about – people of color and younger people who cover the game. It's just these like a couple dozen old white dudes who covered the game for 50 years making these decisions and they doing this stupid stuff, keeping out bonds and all these guys. Look, uh, you know, I just don't, I I just don't like it. The process is whack. And and, 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 and to have the Hall of Fame without Barry Bonds don't make no damn sense to me. Here's the thing, too. You want to talk about the story, the steroid era. You want to keep up those guys. That was an era in baseball. It is a part of history. All right. Just like segregation. How do you judge those guys' numbers against what what we have today? It wasn't a player that wasn't juicing back then. I'm just sorry. That's just the way it was. And Wait a minute. Didn't Big Poppy get popped? Didn't did Big Poppy get popped? For, uh, yeah, but he had he had a letter from the commissioner that made him exempt <laughs> for some they, reason. They let him slide. They let him slide for some reason. Tina Thompson play him on SNL, so they let him slide. <laughs> <laughs> so he got he got shot. We gotta put him in, y'all. We gotta right. put him in. Got, right. So yeah. I mean, that's the thing about it. I mean. These guys were the biggest stars in that era. You got to put them in. I don't care if they did steroids. They saved. Time. They literally saved baseball. Right. Like, literally. literally. Sammy Sosa, I never thought was a Hall of Famer anyway. Same way I don't think Mark Burley's a Hall of Famer. Like both of them. You know what I'm saying? But they ain't Hall of Famer. Very much Hall of Famer. Uh, if, t- if you look straight at the numbers, I think Sammy gets in. You think he, Sammy should get in? Really? Sosa not a Hall of Famer? If he was clean, yeah. he was <laughs> what was it? With? He bat. Who he batted like two, two sixty or two fifty like, like this? What's up? Put it like this on the Sosa thing. Five years old. I can remember oh, the summer of nineteen ninety eight because I was reading the Sun Times every day, and I was looking at the home between July and September. And the main reason why I was looking at it, it wasn't because uh-huh. of the guy who broke the record. He did the previous to get back in that race. So oh, that yeah. was one of like my first earliest introductions to baseball. What's seeing Sammy Sosa? And to me, anytime, anytime you a member of like the 500 home run, 600 home run club, mm-hmm. especially back when, mm-hmm. when he played, you typically a guaranteed shoe in for the Hall. So in my opinion, yeah. but I don't Sammy think- is a 
Clinton Hall of Famer. Just I don't say, think, and, and, but this means and Barry. I would. I don't even think Mark McGuire's a Hall of Famer. I'm talking strictly baseball play. They had that right. one dimension. Yes, they had that one dimension. And that was to hit the home runs, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Mark McGuire, man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me say, wait a minute. Mark <laughs> hold on. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Mark McGuire got his, got his World Series championship. And they could hit without the juice. They could right. hoop. I'm not saying that they hit. But listen, I said they, they hit a baseball. Without the juice. They, they could. And Sammy was I'm a 40 40 guy before he was getting popped. He was a 40 40 guy. He was, especially when we were the White Sox. He was with the Jerry Curl. He was kind of coming up. You right. He kind of did his thing. He kind of did his thing. He, did his thing. he had the, exactly had the Jerry Curl in it. I remember all that back in the day, right? Yeah. But my thing is, they definitely made an impact on the game during that time. They definitely saved the game during that time. Not denying that at all. But as like a pure baseball player that probably deserves to be in a Hall of Fame. I wouldn't put them there. They are not Barry Bonds by no right. stretch no, of the not. imagination. No. They are not, they're not even Roger oh, no. Clemens by no stretch of the imagination. Those two guys are Hall of Famers. Big Poppy is a Hall of Famer. Three world championships with the Red Sox, and he basically turned that franchise around when he got there. I remember well, him well, playing in Minnesota. You know, there, there are levels to it, cuz it's like, look, right. like you say. It's, it's not Harold well, yeah, uh, Bay is in the Hall women. of Fame. Hey Harold man, Harold Bay's Harold Bay's got in because Jerry Ryan's will slit somebody to bang. Come but, on, man. But anyway, he's in there. He is. I'm not saying he's not. Hey man, you gotta get you some good friends on the inside. The strategy on me. Hey man, Sammy, don't, Sammy don't have any friends. Sammy don't have any friends. <laughs> Sammy, <laughs> Sammy, Sammy, Sammy don't, don't have friends. He likes skiing in the Dominican right now, man. Sammy don't have friends, and Sammy is pink. He ain't getting into the home thing. I'm sorry. He ain't no, getting into the thing. But here's the thing. I I, I disagree when you say. Yeah, yeah that's what I said. It's political. It's political. Yeah. It's political, yes. yes. It's political. Yeah. Right, let, let, let Joe and we, we got to move on, man. Cause I got you. The home run is the most exciting thing in baseball. You she know. can see the long ball, baby. Right, exactly. Yeah. And this dude got over 500 of them. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's the other stuff why he's not in there, though. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. It, it, it should, I want my, but, I want my Hall of Fame to be pure. It should be more about <laughs> strictly the numbers. And if you want, if you want to record or put for posterity what these guys did to, you know, to cheat or whatever, you can do that. You can tell the whole story. It's their Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Fame isn't as as uh, it isn't as truthful and it isn't as relevant as it could be. If you can't, you can't shut these guys out from history. No, just because we don't want to have him in Cooperstown. Last point, cuzzo. I think Dobbs in there. Put Barry in there. He hated all of us. Listen, listen, last point, last point. I think I think eventually they're going to get in. Because as you said, cuzzo, it's clickish and it's a bunch of older cats. Those older cats eventually, what what do we all do? We all pass on. And then a new class is going to come in. It's going to be guys of our age. Writers, you're talking about writers against writers and the, stuff. The, yes, the, the, yes. The, the committee. The committee. Uh, let me look this up quick. John Greenberg tweeted this out. Oh, um, the today's game committee, 
and it's uh, six. It's apparently sixteen members, uh, Hall of Famers, people already in the Hall of Fame. So you're talking about players, executives, and veteran. Well, that that may be risky. They're veteran media members, but if I think when you include players in the in the conversation, I think mm-hmm. there's more of a chance that they'll be yeah. able to. They'll get in. They're just going to get in. But then you know what? It's going to happen when they're a lot later in age, and hopefully, you know what I'm saying, they'll be around to see. It's going to happen because those older guys are going yeah. to pass hopefully, on. Hopefully they'll and, get done up like Ron Sano or something. They have to yeah, pass. Or, or, or um, Ed, uh, Buck, Buck, Buck O'Neal. Ed, hopefully don't happen like Buck O'Neal. Buck O'Neal, you know O'Neal yeah. should have been Buck in the Hall of Fame years ago, but they waited until this man passed away. Oh, I guess it's a, it's a day or not. You don't want to do that. Right. You don't want to do that. So they're eventually going to get I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that they're not. But would I put them in personally? No, I wouldn't put those two in. I put in Barry, and I even put in Roger uh, uh, Roger Clemens. That, but the other two, mm, no. Well, D, D, thanks for setting it off, D. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Oh, everybody was using. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me think that they give. Do they have none of the memorabilia or any of the things in the Hall of Fame from those guys? I think I don't think. Oh, that's they the do. Thing. They got yeah. a lot of stuff from theirs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, listen, so, listen, man. They treat they treat them like some, they treat them like some straight hoes. Like I own. Them. <laughs> they 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 treat them like that. I ain't denying that at all. Like, yeah, give me that. Give me that bat. Give me that jersey. You want? Can I get it? Hell no, you can't get it, bitch. You know what I'm saying? They they definitely doing that to them. I'm not denying that at all. It's just I think when it comes down to it, I'm just looking at the numbers. I know the whole I know they got the home run numbers on, but a little bit more, eh, you know, I don't know, it's just me. But you know, it'll happen eventually. It will. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, D, for setting up, setting off my little conversation. That's what and... I do, cuz I come in, I flip <laughs> shit over. Make the furniture move on that one here. But we we gonna move on with, with my guys, with my running guys. Thanks, D. What you go? What you? Drew been off on the side. He 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 popped out and let me. Oh, go. there you go. The Russians man, don't want to man. They kicked me out, man. They <laughs> <laughs> was wrong about the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's see if we can survive the, the next forty minutes or so. But, uh, thank you, fellas. Let y'all let y'all, let y'all go. Right. Joe, you boys, man. D, it's good, good to see you. Always, boys. Love y'all, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, I says that was sounding like an old. That was sound like an old session. Josh would know that was that was definitely sound like an old session on State Street there. Hell yeah! <laughs> it was, yeah. Anyway, man, these are my guys here: Gabe, Josh, Drew, <laughs> <laughs> running, running with War Crew, uh, assembling here for the, for the rest of the show. Uh, just want to get some basketball talking. Like we haven't done a, a session yet in '22, so uh, just want to get get something going uh, here today. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot, a lot that we can talk about on the basketball side, definitely. But I guess, you know, given that out, you know, with Chicagoans, our focus primarily is on the Bulls. Pretty easy way to start with them. Like, a lot has gone on with them since we were last on all together. And, you know, they're, they're not number one in the East no more. They're not far off. But it's, things are bunching up a bit in, the, in those East standings. And, you know, uh, a lot of people may not be look. I don't think they're looking at the Bulls the same way as they did around Christmas time and everything. But, you know, I, I'll let you speak, it on, speak on it yourself, guys. What are y'all thoughts on where the Bulls are sitting right now? They, they barely pulled out a game. In, in Oklahoma yesterday, uh, coming off of a bad loss in uh, in Orlando the day before, you know that the I've, I've, I forget to know there's like what two or three of the last ten. They, it's just it's been a rough stretch, and it, it has it hasn't gotten easier with the injuries and stuff. And um, you know I don't know. Like I said, what, what what's what's y'all thoughts on the team right now? Are you are you particularly worried? What range of worry are you? At this point, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm with Gabe too. I'm not panicking uh, for all the reasons that that Gabe laid out, but also because this next stretch of games they got coming up before the All Star break is is pretty soft. Um, all things considered, even after the All Star break, is 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 soft as well from the standpoint of where it's not like that. What was that November stretch where it was like hitter after hitter after hitter after hitter? Like this one is more sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. Um, and I think they can withstand that as long as DeRozan and, and Levine stay healthy and they can give this team the consistent scoring that it needs because you can't, you know, we, we've seen that they can't count on consistent scoring from Vucevic. 
they can count on his playmaking and his rebounding. But in terms of being that third option that the Bulls intended him to be, I'm guessing when they when they assembled, assembled this roster coming into this year, he hasn't been that for them. Um, and those those losses of Caruso and Ball are huge. Um, but because they do have Levine and DeRozan back in that lineup, I'm not not quite as worried. Um, also, just to see what's what's going to happen with this trade deadline, that's going to be like something that I'm I'm really interested in seeing is if the injuries affect how the front office approaches this this trade deadline. I guess we won't know necessarily because we're not really they they're really good at having poker faces, but um, you know they they've been aggressive and they've always seemed to be making the the win now type move. So to see if they are willing to part ways with Patrick Williams giving up the first their first lottery pick in the positions that they're in with the Chicago Bulls that would be interesting to see so a lot of a lot of um storylines moving forward for sure yeah and i think that, that i agree with you Drew like the trade how the team is coming out of that trade deadline is important to me I, how it is coming out of that 10 day uh you know, uh, period. If if it stays apparent, right at the moment, it's uh, February seventeenth was the last day where they uh, you could sign people for ten day contract. But uh, you know, I, I'm, I would wait till mid February at the earliest before I would be like, okay, this is the team that they have to ride with for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah most definitely. But y'all over here, y'all must have hella faith. I'm glad y'all do. I normally do for my Bulls as well, but. I'm not gonna sit here and sugarcoat it. I mean, I'm, I'm slightly, I'm a little, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried, but this is why. This is why. Because Drew, you brought up the fact that you know, yeah, the schedule's a little softer than than all the heavier they've been having. Well, look at even in the soft schedule, they ain't been beating these teams like they, like they could. They almost gave up the game. They lost, like let me just mention, they lost to Orlando. Yeah, well, that's okay. Game, up, you almost gave up last night's game to the Thunder when you was up by 28. And in each of these games, aside from DeMar DeRozan's 41-point game, your best player was your rookie in Iowa. That scares me a little bit, considering that you have a veteran presence team that, yes, of course, were played by injury. Even though we just can't get rid of the injury bug, no matter what happens throughout the season. Crusoe being out, Ball being out, you know, great points on that. That is very true. But for a team that's, you know, next I don't care who – who's on the court, at the end of the day, you have to be able to show up and show out. They, this team isn't equipped for that right now. And, uh, and it, it's showing. So I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried because not necessarily the roster itself, but because even with the roster, we have hella talent to win, but that talent isn't coming together in the right moments where as a winning team, a top-tier team in the Eastern Conference that we are supposed to be and have been, we cannot finish games in the way that we're supposed to against the teams that we're supposed to beat. And Orlando Magic are a prime example of that. The, we, we, uh, go ahead, Drew. No, my bad. I was going to say only, only that's – man, that's valid too, for sure. Um, it's, it's definitely some concerning factors at play here. But the only thing – only pushback I'll give to that is that it's hard to judge what we've seen really since – um, that stretch where they won nine games in a row, even though they were winning, you know, that defense was that's when the defense was starting to slip when Caruso was out, when Ball was out. Um, and 
and the fact that this team hasn't been whole the entire season, and depending yeah. on if and when Williams gets back, they won't be whole the entire season moving forward. Um, so it's hard to really judge what we're seeing accurately because they haven't been on the floor the way they're intended to be. Like Gabe said earlier, and like how you uh, you addressed too, Josh, Ayo Desumo is their best perimeter defender right now. And as well as he's played recently, you know, there's a couple games where he, um, you know, didn't shoot well at all from the field. His defense was still there. But when you're trying to depend on a rookie who – what game are we at now? Are we 40 games in now? Like, this will be the time when he's going – have been March Madness. So, that wall is probably coming up soon, even though the, the all-star break is, is, is nearing. But um, yet and still, Jones Jr., Ball Caruso, hopefully, especially Jones Jr., but these guys should be back within about a month before the playoffs start. That should be a decent enough time for them to, you know, get some games under their belt. Uh, hopefully, be able to mesh together again and ramp up for that ramp up for the playoffs. You just hope that they don't dip too far back in the playoff seedings. Like, hopefully, nowhere near. I'm sorry. Hopefully, not past the fourth seed where they're not hosting a uh, the first yeah, round matchup. Yeah. What if? I mean, it's all good. All good points. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And, and you know, I, the, the point I was going to jump off of now is, you know, we mentioned Io being, you know, pr pretty much the team's best perimeter defender at the moment. Well, that wouldn't be the case if Caruso was available. And Caruso's injury, much more than any other uh, this year, has been is more senseless than any other Bulls injury because of what happened with Grayson Allen. So I, I want to go back a little bit to last Friday in that game. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot that's fallen out from that. You know, Allen gets a one-game suspension and, you know, very disappoint, disappointed in the uh, Bucks as an organization, the way that they wanted to represent themselves. I understand backing your guy, but, you know, being petulant about it, in my opinion, don't make no sense acting like you being, you know, uh, put upon by the league, you know, when you – your guy should have got more games than what he got. Everybody uh, outside of Milwaukee has agreed with that. And, uh, you know, he just – he has his reputation. We've all seen his reputation in, you know, time after time, national televised uh, 
instances of him just doing bullshit on the court and hurting people potentially and, you know, actually hurting people, you know, going back to his days at Duke. And, you know, I just really wish it was you know, the, the Bulls had someone or maybe they could have teleported Oakley or somebody from the 80s who would have been right right there to punch him in his mouth as soon as he did what he did. But the Bulls don't have that apparently. And that may be another reason why I don't know if they have the right nucleus of guys right now. You know, I'm not saying that you need to have a thug, your own thug necessarily, but I haven't, I don't reckon, I don't know. I, I don't, I can't think of a team that has reached the highest heights in the NBA who wouldn't, as have a guy or at least guy who was willing to regardless of reputation be willing to jump up in Grayson Allen's face in a moment like that and the Bulls did no such thing in the moment and that's really one thing that worries me about the team as much as anything if you know if you guys want to jump off on that you know feel free you're saying they, they there's too many nice guys at, at the moment yes <laughs> No, I think that's fair, man. I think um, Grayson Allen, he was good. He was good. He went for the ball with that left hand. He was cool till he started doing that nonsense with his opposite hand and trying to yank Caruso down. I just don't understand it. I don't think many of us do. Um, you make you brought you brought up or bring up a good point about the organization in in general. I know they uh, pulled down that tweet that they sent off. The following yeah. morning, the tweet came out. I think before the report that Caruso was going to be out for six to eight weeks. So I think I think that was the timeline. Yeah. And once they once that came out, they took down the tweet. Yeah, and then the organization saying they didn't agree with the suspension. It's just and like you said, I, I understand Chris Middleton, um, Budenholzer coming out and, and backing Grayson because what else are they supposed to do? But if you look at that video, man, it's clear. Like this after that, like I said, after that initial play on the ball with his left hand, Grayson Allen goes and does whatever he did with that right hand, and totally not a basketball play. Not you know, at all. He's on the sidelines smirking. Um, it's just just nonsense. I'm, I'm surprised that he only got one game when the NBA and all the national writers made it clear that teams or the league office would take into effect the outcome of said play when it came to what they what the determination would be for him to be suspended. So I was surprised by that one game. Andrew, I take it a step further for you. I'm more disappointed in the league because if you went to in the NBA, if you're not in the game and you are you on the bench, you put you step on the court, that's automatic one game suspension. So you're going to compare that type of suspension that Grayson Allen got to that type of play that you can get from in, according to league rules? No, they don't match up at all. Um, and the league should know that. And so because of the fact they only gave him that one game, which can't equate to a harmless play that someone else that's not even in the game can get. I mean, come on. That's, that's just ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense, and the league should be ashamed of that. Um, and Obviously, Kyle talking about a nice guy. Yeah, there's a lot of nice guys. But you can technically, you're one mean guy. It's actually the guy that got hurt. And that was Caruso. So, so it's Caruso. So, so, being that guy, you know, yeah, you're going to have to get maybe one more other person to be like, yo, you're not my homie down. 
I'm about to get you right back up because if someone else was in that in Caruso position, you would know Caruso would probably be that one guy to get in your face. So Caruso just needs additional help. Guy, but he, he needs a little help. He needs a little help on that. Yeah, and let's see again when we talk about a lot of the the Bulls, what they need to add. A lot of it centers around the front court, and really in the front court, that's traditionally where you have that guy. You know, uh, you know the Bad Boy Pistons had a bunch of them. You had a, the Knicks had a bunch of them back. The Bulls had, like I say, going from uh, Oakley to Cartwright to Levingston. You know, even Stacey King was down to throw a punch every now and then. Like they were, they had guys like that throughout the dynasty, and the Bulls, and the and the Bulls, the Derrick Rose Bulls. Noah, you had guys like that who was willing to get up in people's faces at least. Not, you know, maybe they was selling wolf tickets, but you got to at least show out for your people when they get, uh, you know, hit upon on the court. So, you know, like I said, the Bulls just need – they need one guy like that, at least one guy. And, you know, if it's a front court guy or back court guy, don't really matter. But usually, like I said, traditionally, you have that guy in the front court. And, and it ain't going to be Tony Bradley. I know that because we, we see him get picked up and, and, and cuddled like a baby already. <laughs> you know, so, you know, <laughs> they, need to, they need to upgrade that, that part of the team, you know. Yeah. Well, no doubt. Um, Javante, Javante Green, I think, got some of that in DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he wasn't available yet at that point. But, see, the problem is they so, they're so important to the team. You can't, you can't have them <laughs> thrown out yeah. and the game suspension themselves, man. It's crazy. Right, we can't right. – that's why I say, like, get the – we we was we 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 was, I was in a text, man. I I I I, I hate to 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 reference the, the text chat, but you know, but Josh Josh though we we got use a ten day ten day contract to get a thug in from uh get somebody in from the big three or something. Now I, I nominated Reggie Evans. When, uh, Josh, I don't, I don't know if you remember when they was at the UIC Pavilion last year. He almost got yeah, it to somebody. And, so I was like, that's oh, a bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's let's see what Reggie doing. But the next time they play the Bucks, get him on a ten day and uh, let him, you know, just let him do what he do. Man, yes. <laughs> Man, anyway. that's what here. Yeah. And, and look, yes. Okay, yeah, the next game, the next game is gonna be here. Okay, yeah, yeah. They need to make that a national game too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like when he got in, like when he got into it with uh Mo Wagner, Wagner, on um Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But it, it's gonna be interesting that that next game, it being that it's gonna be here, the crowd is gonna be really up for it. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm the team may be a little different at that point, so I'm, I'm willing to see, you know. But I think the guys who were there on the court on Friday, I'm willing. I'm I'm gonna be more interested in in how they respond as much as anything, and you know how they're gonna play, what type of message they're gonna send. If they come out and 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 flop like they did in in the uh, the Nets game a couple weeks ago, that's not gonna be a good sign. But if they if they come out and play, you know, uh, with a purpose and they play physical and if if there's any sight of of, of uh, you know mess coming from uh, whoever on that team, Allen or whoever, if they if they negate that right away, they nip it in the bud. Then we'll I think I will feel better about the Bulls at that point. But if they if they do some soft stuff again and don't rep, don't stand up for themselves, that's not going to be a good look, especially at that point. We're talking about March, yeah, they got they got to be a little bit different at that point than they are now. But uh, yeah, sure. yeah. Right. And that, mm-hmm. that, that's controlling your narrative. Like, yeah, when you were, when you when you don't show up for those games like that, you like say you let people think that well, yeah, they ain't ready, and they have, they make their assumptions about you. As it is, I think teams are gearing up to play the Bulls in a way that you normally don't get with a team who didn't make the playoffs last year. <laughs> but they see like teams are already ready to knock the Bulls off when they play them, especially lower class teams like. OKC and Orlando, like Orlando, that had to have been one of the two or three best performances of the whole season on Sunday, you know, and, you know, they, they geared up like they was, you know, uh, you know, uh, my man from, from Gonzaga was doing the, the man, he was, yeah, you know, he, he was really showing out like they, like, dude, you only got nine wins after tonight. Man. Chill out. <laughs> See, I, I agree that the, the Bulls definitely got a bullseye on their back. Yeah. Um, because of how well they play, they other teams here. Oh, the Bulls back, huh? Okay, we're gonna show y'all some. But yeah. Orlando, especially, you gotta remember they got Wendell Carter Jr., they got Franz Wagner, two guys who could have been here, you know, for all intents and purposes. So they got a little, mm-hmm. they're playing with a little more something behind them than they ordinarily would. Um, just in that case, like Orlando's kind of a special case with that. I think they they're probably gonna as long as they got those two guys, they're gonna keep trying to give the Bulls their A game. Um, 
But to to go back on another point you had, it's it's just unfortunate that the times that the Bulls have been on national TV, and I, you don't want to make excuses, but you know they didn't have Vucevic against Golden State. Um, Derrick Jones Jr. gets hurt like the first minute against the Nets, and yeah. actually, actually that, that game was competitive until the third quarter. That's when Durant just uppercut him in the mouth, and he just didn't have any response. Yeah. Um, against the Warriors, Levine goes down with the first three, four minutes of the game, and of course you want you want to see some backbone from your team, you want to see some resolve, but just given the amount of injuries that this team has had, and you see Levine skate off to the locker room not really understanding what it might be. That that has to do something to your morale. Um, and, again, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I'm just trying to yeah, – There's always so much you could take, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and they, did have a, they did have a better show in Milwaukee. You could argue that that's a game they should have pulled out um, if, if Kobe and Io hit a few more shots because those guys have been – especially Kobe. He's been really off the last three games. Maybe he was due to be off because of how hot he had been. Um, Io, of course, uh, shot much better yesterday, broke – the Bulls record for the most makes by a rookie, um, mm-hmm. nine straight. So, um, you know, I, I just I just want this team to get whole. I want to see what they look like, uh, whether or not they trade Patrick Williams. I'm still every day, I swear, y'all, I'm back and forth like, yeah, they need to go ahead and just go for it. Then I back off and say, nah, let's keep them and see what happens. I don't know, man. Yeah. Glad, I'm just glad I ain't got to make that decision. No, I hope, I hope I just hope that the Bulls are ready for when Grayson Allen comes here. I want Grayson Allen to get a Botox ass whooping. Like I want them to make sure, like, <laughs> like we know for sure he's gonna be put on his ass if he plays here, man. Like that's what I want him to get. I want him to learn what it's like to be on a bully ball again. And for us to get back to that, he, oh yeah, he gonna he gonna learn. I just hope the Bulls get it right for that one time. Maybe someone just puts him on his ass. That's all I want. I just have one time, and it'll be good. Aside from them getting blown out on national television, you know, on national uh, television, I don't want that to happen either. But yeah, Grayson, Grayson got something coming from because, like, uh, like Gabe said, it's, it's a lot different when you come to the mad, uh, madhouse on Madison, man. It's a lot different. We yeah, that's that's something that has got to oh, it, it's due, it's due, you know. And, you know, I, I wonder what it's gonna take, man, for him because he he hasn't been as wild as he was in Duke. But he, he he's had a couple instances in the NBA as well, and like I say that that thing what he did to Crusoe was just blatant, man. So I I just wonder if he think he gonna pull something like that again. Was what's it gonna take for somebody to to, to just like I say bust him in his mouth or under you no know, clip him undercut him when he's trying to drive or something, man. Just do some old school stuff on him because he he acted like he he acted like he brand new or something with this. I'm starting to get visions of uh. JoJo English and Derek Harper going into the stands, man. <laughs> That's how thorough they was back then. The commissioner was right there. They was like, we don't care. We getting it on, man. Man, it was just two bulls in the ring, man. <laughs> oh, good old days, man. <laughs> but anyway. Burning <laughs> to run up in the crowd quick, man. Man. Right, you talk about uh, you mentioned you know a lot of times it's the front court guys. But as soon as you yeah. said that, the first guard that came to mind was Vernon Maxwell. That's true. That's true. <laughs> man, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> well, fellas, man, what anything else that's really been sticking out at y'all as as uh, you know, it's it's interesting, man, because the Bulls 
it could, you know, it's sort of like with the COVID thing, we was able to look back and see that they sort of dodged the bullet there because they, they had some of the worst COVID breakout of any team in the league, but they still pretty much won through that stretch. Now you have this January, which is going to go down as a pretty forgetful month for them, but they're, they're still not really in a bad spot at the moment because you've had, you know, the Nets who really, they've been, they've had their issues as well in recent times. And, you know, Durant has been injured now. Yeah. What what are you saying? They just lost to the Lakers just now. Yeah, lost to the Lakers Mm -hmm. tonight. They're not doing well. So they're not doing too well where they're breaking away from the Bulls. Uh, You know, we know the Sixers have their issues still. And, you know, the Bucks, like the Bulls played competitively with the Bucks in that game on Friday. And they just, you know, overall they've played decent, but they haven't like shot off to the moon either. So the Bulls are still very much in that mix of the top four. And there's, like I said, there's a bunching in the East. It's getting closer together. You know, maybe Miami maybe is maybe the team that we have to worry about is like really showing out in the second half of the season. But you know what, what? What do you guys think overall about what's going on in the East? And uh, maybe we could hop over to the West too, right quick before we before we head out. But you know, what do you guys think about how things are play played out uh, in the last few weeks? Yeah. Mm. But Gabe, Gabe, what do you think about? I said, Gabe, what do you think about this talk about maybe them holding off to the the off season and doing this thing with uh with with the James with Harden maybe coming over and unloading uh, Simmons that way.
Drew, Josh, y'all got anything you want to add to that or, or anything else you got been uh, keeping track of? I'm just listening, listening to this James Harden's talk, and I'm like, and I get it. I get it, but winning cures all, right? Like, I just can't help but wonder if down the line, second half of the season, something happens with Kyrie to where he maybe comes back full time. Or he comes, or he comes through enough with a healthy Kevin Durant. Brooklyn gets rolling. You get Joe Harris back, and you get rolling, and you eventually. What if they do make the finals, or what if they win the finals? You know, James Harden is he really going to sit here and be like, "Well, I mean, I didn't sign up for all this chaos, but this chaos helped me get close to a championship. Am I going to get that anywhere else? Like, is that really going to change his mind? Yo, I, I should." leave or I should stay. Yeah, of course I believe he's going to test free agency like Gabe mentioned as he should. Um, but at the same time, how much is he really going to test in the free agency market? Especially if, you know, the Nets come through and make a deep playoff push and potentially get to the finals, even win the finals. Um, well, we've had guys um, leave championship teams. You know, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because he like you say he hasn't done it yet. He got a nice Philly beard. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he be walking around calling folks "ock" and stuff, you know. <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's, it's gonna be interesting. I, I kind of like, I kind of want to see that happen. You know, when I think about it, I, I kind of want to see him end up in Philly because him and as, as as tough as that would make it on the Bulls and all the other contenders in the East, like that could be a. a Pretty crazy one-two combination that him and Embiid. You know the way the like I say the way Embiid's been playing and and Embiid. I think he, he, like I say he's just getting. I think he's getting hung. I think his play is a byproduct of his hunger. That's you know. Let me uh, just say this on on this part. I want that to happen just 
for the simple fact to see how quick or how much pressure gets put on Kyrie to get the vaccine. Because you can't tell me Kevin Durant go sit up there and say, oh, James left? Bro, you only playing role games? Nah, dog. You got to get – You got to go with that again. <laughs> Damn, I forgot about that part That's of the I'm sorry. Say, oh, I'm thinking, my bad. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. That's a good point. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what's happening with this, uh, what's going to happen with the MVP conversation. Um, there's a lot of names. You know, Steph Curry's name was hot at one point. Now he's kind of lost yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, and, I mean, we talked, you know, I know, Gabe, you made a comparison to to uh, Nicola, to, you know, uh, uh, to Joker, you know. Joker been playing crazy too, man. He, mm. I, I remember that game last week. He had, what, the damn near 50 triple-double, man? He, he had at least 40 in that game. Uh, I think it's Dallas. Yeah, he's he been carrying that team. That That's probably going to be the one issue, how competitive is the Nuggets going to be overall as a team. But he, he may be playing better, you know, at least producing better numbers. Than he did even in his MVP run. And I thought I heard rumblings that Michael Porter Jr. and um, uh, Murray might be back this year at some point. That'd be, that'd be big. That'd be big. Man. Well, that, that's my main question for the West right now. Like, what do y'all – it seems like, Gabe, you sort of lean to this. There still is a chance for some uh, some frenzy over there, you know, because it's like at the moment things are set up pretty easily. You got the, that top four that sort of you – know, they, they differentiated themselves from the rest of the conference. Everybody's still waiting to see if the Lakers can pull it together – and you got a team like Denver again, who may be getting reinforcements on the back end of the season. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it would seem that y'all think that there's still a chance for the West. The West isn't as settled yet as it could be. No, not, 
Yeah, no, not not like like you said, kind of that man. But even even three through, well, it's 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 not as bunched up, of course, as the East. But it's still not like it's still some room there for for some things to switch up here uh, come second half of the season. Yeah. Um, if where it's at right now, I'm perfectly fine. Cause I'm not gonna lie, Gabe, you got me. You remind me. I'm a Ram versus. True, <laughs> true. I I knew you were gonna bring up the Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, isn't there talk about PG PG thirteen being out the rest of the year possibly? Yep. If he goes Thursday, is he gonna weigh that decision against the availability of Kawhi? Okay, okay. And then Draymond Green, I, I'm, I thought I read something about that injury not looking not looking too good either. Like it might be a long term thing too. And yeah. how, how you how would you guys? Because they they would if if this if the playoffs started to well play in would factor into this too. But the, would you give the Timberwolves any shot against the Draymond Greenless? Warriors. Mm. Okay. okay. Yeah, they wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want them to have Draymond. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want them to be Draymondless against Edwards. You know, they need. Yeah. They need someone to, to help contain that man. And, and you know, he's gonna be trying to dunk on everybody in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Well, that's, you hope that's, not that's if you got James Wiseman back healthy. Hmm. Yeah. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And cat is no cat is no walk in the park either. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, it's it's it would it would go back to how much does Kurt trust Wiseman? I'm not even sure. I don't know, man. I, I, he he loves Looney for for the veteran presence he can be. He knows what he's gonna get from Looney. Wiseman is a lot more of a wild card. His hands, for whatever reason, hasn't been great. The foul trouble, some of that I give to just being in that rookie year. A lot of big guys struggle with that um, coming up to the professional level. But that's definitely a great point, um, Gabe, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh I'm gonna have to wrap wrap things up in a minute here. But I want to uh like I say this it's been good. I think we're gonna hold off on some other things that I may as we get another Russian. <laughs> I don't I don't know what this maybe this mean maybe this mean trade Wiseman or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah I I, I, want, I just wanted to touch on because I put it in the 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 uh. The, the rundown and everything, the McDonald's game coming back to Chicago. There's a there's some other things I want to get into, but I, I think that'll take us too long. And uh I might just might just go ahead and do a, a Twitter space or something later in the week and talk about some other things that I got on my mind. But uh the McDonald's game, they had the uh was timely about that too is they were they announced the rosters today. Uh but the forty fifth anniversary of the game this year, they bring it back to Chicago. After a few years, I think they had it in Atlanta, uh, and maybe a couple other, maybe other place or two for a few years. 
they bring it back to Chicago this year. And um, again, there's no Chicago, no current Chicagoans on the roster. Apparently, uh, you know the boys, the boys roster. They led by Amari Bailey, uh, who we all know is a, is a you know, came up in Chicago, but he's uh, to quote he he may be to quote uh, Joakim Noah Hollywood as hell at this point because you know he's been out he's been out there in Sierra Canyon for a while and uh, he's looking to stay at uh, UCLA. Uh, for his likely one and done, but uh, no, that's gonna be a showcase for him definitely. And you know, another thing I want to bring up too, of course, that Sierra Canyon team is gonna be coming to Chicago on uh, February fifth. Uh, was gonna be a they're gonna have a doubleheader at uh, Wintrust Arena, and uh, Sierra's gonna be playing. They were now who they gonna, who they gonna be playing? Like they were playing Simeon, but now Simeon's gonna be playing. Okay, yeah, they're playing Glenbard West now. Simeon's gonna be playing somewhere else. I guess going they're gonna have a compete thing at uh at Credit One or whatever. And you know, that's gonna be an interesting day here in the city. But uh, you know, high high school stuff is ramping up again, but we still don't have any representation from Chicago or the Chicago area in, in the McDonald's games. I, I find it a little disappointing, but I'm still going to be looking to cover it again here this in the city. I know you guys are looking forward to it as well. You know, any thoughts on that right quick? And it's in the see by the end of the year, by the end of the spring, who shows themselves in Chicago and the Chicago area. Because you do got people like Glenbar West and they have like Braden Huff and everything. And, you know, a team, you got a team like Simeon who has, they don't have that big star like they typically have. But as a team, they've sort of impressed over the course of the season and their growth and everything. But I don't, yeah, it's it goes back to what we were talking about before the season about these kids who are drawn to you know more warmer climates and you know more uh, high profile uh, you know pl- uh, prep uh, academies and all this stuff and it's it's you know it impair is like I say that those kids should be empowered to do what they need to do to get where they want to go all power to them but. It impairs Chicago and 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 the the, the grassroots scene here in Chicago, from you know whether you talk in AAU or the high schools, you know it, it takes a little less shine off of them, and um, you know hopefully something like the Sierra Canyon game, you know maybe Glenbar West can represent in a certain way in that game and, and show you know just what we got here in the in the city in the area right now instead of just you know who's who's the next pickings for 
Sierra Canyon or Donda Academy or whoever, you know. <laughs> For sure. But uh, West played a lot of a lot of big time. Like this is a big time game. Has Glenbar West played a lot of those games this year? I haven't been keeping too much uh, attention on that, and I'll be I, I would be seeing like how they react at the beginning of that game. They yeah, okay. okay, okay. That's one thing I want to do. Like in the Twitter space, we want to get Steve on. Uh, I told him I want to talk to him about. It. They had a big showcase this past weekend, okay. and they beat they beat Whitney Young. They've had a few games like that this season where they they play city schools and you know they shown out. They've come. They they haven't been afraid to play anybody as far as as far as I've seen. Okay. And they undefeated, I believe, right? It's the number one team, the, the number one ranked team in the nation, and I mean in the state at least that's undefeated. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, another another team, Glenbrook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it'll be interesting. Uh, another thing I want to note, uh, you know, you got the uh, big Arizona UCLA. I'm speaking of UCLA with Amari Bailey. UCLA playing Arizona at ten o'clock. That's going to be a top ten matchup. So a lot of a lot of interesting things going on in the college. Auburn is number one for the first time ever in their program history. Not even with Barkley did they do that. So uh, we'll see how long that keeps going. And Josh, man, t- tell us right quick uh, before we go about your trip to Milwaukee, watching your cousin play ball, man. Oh man, Marquette's on a roll. Uh, I think they beat—they uh, just beat a savior at the game that I was at Sunday. So I believe that's the seventh ranked teams um, that they mm. beat that they beat in this season. Um, you know, and they're moving up in the conference ranks. The third right now in conference. A lot of those ranked opponents did come from the Big East, so that's big for them. Uh, you got to give credit to Shaka Smart, man, for turning that program around. First-year program, I believe it's nine complete guys on the roster, with a lot of them being uh, younger freshmen and transfers uh, and, people, and, you know, kids from the transfer portal. Uh, for that friend to put this uh, chemistry together with this team, um, it's real. And, they, and uh, they're doing their thing over there at Marquette. Uh, I know I got to give – obviously give a personal shout-out to us at Cam. He did his thing. Against Xavier, came with some big points. Um, at yeah, that he's, game. he's really starting to produce now. Yeah, he's he's, he's doing his thing. But uh, seeing that six man roll over there, so um, he's definitely gonna get his, his get his pub soon. But you know, yeah, it's him contributing to what they have over there, which is a very defensive minded, um, the old school Shaka Smart VCU type of uh, play. When you had the pressure, full court pressure, and they're known for their defense, but they have better offensive go around this in, in uh, this circumstance considering um, during Big East conference play. Yeah, Marcus, Marcus, the real deal. So you got to be on the lookout for them, and just between them and obviously me covering DePaul, it's you know it's all you know DePaul is slowly but surely trying to find itself. They're in a way better position yeah. this year than they ever been under Lido. That's that's true, man. That's I was gonna say they have is they had a slide, but it ain't been the Lado slide. Like that's that's like a damn roller coaster with that big bad with him. Yeah, so they'd be like twelve and zero in in December, and then be twelve and fourteen at the end of the year. Like what's going on? They they seem to be playing better under under this new coach. Yeah, they uh, the players love they like playing for stubs. Uh, Stubbs is a great guy, great guy to talk to, knows his stuff. Um, it's just that first year. 
you know, first year uh, trying to get, trying to program around and you have a lot of players that transferred out of it. I think the call Saint was the same position as Marquette. They had like nine new players this year. Um with a couple with a couple transfer portals as well as um rookie players. So yeah, I think it's just a matter of it's, it's gonna take time. That's just really what it boils down to. It's gonna take time for them to come from, yeah. to build a culture like that, especially playing in the Big East where the Big East is pretty solidified in a lot of uh rankings and especially that you see even in in the top 25 rankings this year. So, you know, the Pauls just slowly but surely figured things out. But like but like you said, Kyle, they're in a way better position now. Even though it's only one one conference game, way better position. Way ahead of schedule per se. Than they were if you had uh Dave Dave, Dave Little there. But you know, as much as the Paul, you know, they're trying to rebuild the men's program and get back to Chicago basketball, being the team of Chicago. It's women's basketball over here, man. They love – Coach Bruno was doing his thing. <laughs> you know, top two in the – I think the top two or three in the East – I mean, the biggest conference. Bruno just got selected as a finalist for the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, oh, that's good. So, and, you know, they're winning games. They had eight games this year. Um, I think it's eight games. Might have been nine, but I know for sure eight games where they have scored at least 100 points in a, se- in, in a season, uh, which is school records. Um, there's a profile piece that I just did on TV for TV that's coming out uh, within the next couple of weeks regarding the backcourt duo where Coach Bruno says it's the best backcourt tandem, Sonia Morris and Lexi Hell, the best backcourt tam- tandem he's ever coached in 36 years. It's a lot of stuff going on with women's basketball, um, and a lot of heat is taken up with them going into big play. So between women's basketball and what DePaul is doing on the men's side. So it's a lot of, lot of big-time stuff coming. That's what's up. We go. We go down. We go delve. Yeah, we gonna delve more into that in the coming weeks, and you know, uh, things gearing up again for WNBA. You know, there's been some off-season uh, rumblings about some some moves, uh, some personnel moves that may be occurring with the sky and with some of the other contenders and stuff. So we gonna definitely talk about all all of that. Well, I was gonna say with with the Paul, I I worry about them. And actually, I think the women's team is going to prevent this. But I worry about DePaul men having to hopscotch to another conference because that's been happening quite a bit lately with with the Chicago team. You got Loyola moving over to the Atlantic 10. And it's just – it's been announced recently that UIC is going to the Missouri Valley, which is uh, home to to SIU, me and uh, Drew's alma mater. So uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, mean, I I think that's actually a nice move for uh, for the uh, uh, for UIC for that program. It'd be interesting to see how they compete in that conference. But I think that's a move that if they for them to be able to have it available to them, you know, that's definitely a move that they should have took. And uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I love that Chris is coming on. I'm I'm about a minute away from wrapping up, and Chris it hops on with us. You have to say hi and bye, bro. <laughs> What's up, Chris? What's up, Chris? Is he up? Okay, he is. I don't know if he is. He still on? Is he... Chris? What's up? He on mute? No, I don't think so. Yeah. No. 
Can you hear us, Chris? Uh, we can't hear you, bro. Drew, you got me? Hey, we hear you now. Okay, I just took this microphone out. It was working before, but. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're able to join us, man. I don't think I can send the show much longer, man, but uh, you're on record as being in this episode, at least. So. I mean, it's. Uh, I heard what you were saying about UIC, and that is cool. Um, I think it'll be good for the program. It's it's it'll be a shot. Yeah, your valley got good. too. Yeah, your valley got too. I was gonna say thanks for not mentioning Bradley. It's all good. You know, it's all right. <laughs> it's not like we're doing that much to be worth mentioning this year anyway. But um, hey, that's how you ain't doing much. But the valley ain't been no great this year overall. Man, man. it's it's bad. It's been, yeah, we need we need UIC. We need Belmont really too. That they'll be coming. I think coming next year. It'll be cool for UIC. I think um, since they've been in the Horizon League and the Horizon League has been really like lower mid-major. Um, if the Missouri, when the Missouri Valley's right, when they have good recruiting, they'll get some guys who are exciting to watch. Um, my man who transferred to Valpo from DePaul, uh, I can't recall his name right now. Um, uh, Freeman Liberty. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was an exciting player to watch. He showed out that one tournament. Uh, that Bradley ended up winning in the championship game, and when when the MVC gets the good recruiting, when they when they get good coaches in there, I mean you see it because those coaches usually end up going to a better school. But that's when those conferences are the strongest, and that should be good for UIC to really get some better some some better quality some better players quality and player. hopefully advance their program. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so I, I, we was we were speaking a little bit too about the Paul's women. Since we got you here, Chris, what have uh, I, I was saying? Though uh, we're going in the next, you know, upcoming. Was that Gabe? Uh, yeah, go ahead, Gabe. A little, little bit of a delay. I'm, I might be coming up the stream, man. <laughs> nah, we. Now it's been a little bit. Well, it's been a little bit more iffy for uh, for Josh today. He's not even on. This. Let me see, let me see if I can get him back on. I see five now. But anyway, but anyway, I, I was yeah. We get Josh back on right quick. But Chris, I was gonna say before we go, uh, if anything you've been hearing, I, I said in the coming weeks, we was gonna delve back into uh, the the WNBA stuff and some potential, uh, you know, per roster moves that may be going on and stuff that you've been hearing on that thing that uh, may be of note. Uh, with WNBA, um, everybody's wondering where Liz Cambage is going to go. Um, mm. Las Vegas is in a state of flux. And I think it that makes them more dangerous than they've been in the past because I, I never felt like Vegas had it. Even when they got Liz – even when they got Asia Wilson and she won the MVP award, I never felt like Vegas was at that level to win a championship. They were always going to be top tier. They were going to be contenders. But uh, for some reason or another, they I didn't believe it. Some of that is biased because they had Lambert as their coach. But I never, I honestly never believed it that they had it 
what what they needed to take them over the top. And I think last year they finally felt the same way. Uh, they let Bill Lambert step aside, and they brought in uh, they brought in a new coach for that for that team. Uh, they brought in Becky Hammond, yeah. and um, I mean that's going to be good in itself. You know the, the the NBA experience does not mean anything in terms of her qualifications. She could have coached there before she went with the Spurs, I think, or if she had gone with another team. Becky Hammond's a basketball mind. But everybody's wondering where Liz Cambage is going to go and what Las Vegas is going to do with that. Um, the, on the Chicago Sky Beat, you know, the, a lot of the questions are, are, are Vanderquig's going to stick around? Are they going to go to Seattle? Brianna Stewart is taking meetings in New York, so my, maybe there would be room for uh, Courtney Vanderquig in terms of salary cap. Um, where's Diamond DeShields going to go? Is Steph Dolson going to leave? There's a lot of things in flux. Um, it's It's – it's a really cool off season. The one thing, the one thing I do want to say is, if y'all saw this, when the storm announced that Stu Bird was coming back about ten days ahead of the negotiation period starting, there were a lot of people saying that why is everybody complaining? It's not a big deal. Tampering is a big deal, and that's a sign that your league is getting the respectability and notice that it should that everybody is upset that a, a team did something wrong. So don't just be like, oh, she was going to come back anyway. Cause you don't, you, you can't, you can't, you can't say that you can't break the rules. It's not cool. It is not cool that you're trying to ignore it. So I've been saying that on our show on, on the Skyhook. I've been saying that on other shows and I'm going to keep saying it. The tampering thing was wrong. We're 10, pay, we're 10 days past January 15th, past the negotiation period start, but the tampering thing was not right. Anybody who says it's right is wrong. Other than that, <laughs> but there's a the, lot the of The only thing stuff. I'll say is that it's a good thing when, when you get 